With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. We've got a great couple hours here for you. Lloyd Auerbach back with us, world-recognized paranormal expert, parapsychologist, Lloyd holds a master's degree in parapsychology. He has 43 years of investigating the paranormal experience and more than 40 years teaching courses on the subject. He's the director of the Office of Paranormal Investigations, president of the Forever Family Foundation, and adjunct professor at Atlantic University, and is on the board of directors of the Rhine Research Center where he teaches online parapsychology courses through their educational center. Currently, you can see him also in episodes of The Unexplained or Surviving Death on Netflix, his most recent book that he wrote with uh, Rich uh, Hasek and Arnold Rudnick is called Afterlife. Lloyd, welcome back. I can't believe it's been four years. It has. Has it been that long, George? Yeah. January wow. of 2019, you were last on. Wow. Before the pandemic. That's amazing. How have you been? Been good. Been good. Been very busy. You look like you have been. My God. <laughs> Well, you know, um, there's a lot of people who wanted online classes, and it's been really great for the Ryan Center to be able to uh, offer the classes we have. Lloyd, how did you get involved in all of this? Uh, in parapsychology in general? Yeah. Well, um, it's an interest that I had since I was a little kid. Um, my dad worked for NBC, so I had a TV set in my room when I was about two years old. And unrestricted watching, I watched shows like Topper and One Step Beyond, You know, both of which really dealt with psychic stuff and the paranormal. And when I was uh, probably about 12 or 13, thanks to the TV show Dark Shadows, um, I was going to the library picking up books on psychic and occult things, and lo and behold, there's science books on parapsychology right there. So that really put me on the track. And a great track indeed, because you're one of the best, my friend. Ryan Institute still doing some work? Yeah, the Ryan Center's doing a bit of work. You know, that it, it was kind of closed down a little bit. Um, they're doing... Uh, bioenergy research, looking at the, how uh, we, how healers and even martial artists might give off biophotons in an increasing amount of energy um, during the times that they're actually doing things. Uh, and then, of course, we're doing a lot more of the educational center and uh, working on a few other projects right now. 
and this work here, this book called Afterlife. Tell us a little bit about this. So Afterlife is the second in a series of novels. Uh, they're paranormal mystery novels. Uh, we, Arnold Rudnick and Rich Hosek, who, both of whom were involved in television when I met, uh, met them, I actually met Arnold first, uh, we actually came up with a TV series concept, which, our ti- uh, frankly, our timing was not great. We were right before the X-Files, and people didn't want a paranormal show, and then the X-Files came along, and then they didn't want a paranormal show, another paranormal show. So eventually, uh, we decided to, to resurrect the characters, uh, and r- the, Rich is the main writer on the, on the novels, and we based one of the main characters on me, uh, Jennifer Day, is loosely based on me. She's a parapsychologist, anthropologist, a college professor, and investigator, and also a magician. So those are all things that I do. And then the cases that are underlying the second book, not so much the first book, but the second book, are actually based on my actual, a couple of my actual cases. Um, <clears throat> it's been a really great ride, and uh, I'm making sure that Jennifer's uh, commentary is all legit, parapsychology. Mm-hmm. And our other character, um, Nate Rainey, is a cop who has a near-death experience in the first book, but he's a skeptic doesn't even buy it, even though his near-death experience helps him solve his own shooting. So um, it's gotten to be a lot of fun, and we're in the process of putting a third book together. Good for you. Do you find that the world of parapsychology seems to be growing even more than the 40 years ago that uh, you got into this? Well, it, it is growing in the general public. You know, you have the whole ghost hunting community that has arisen because of the popularity of the TV shows. Uh, people have come out of the woodwork with their interest in it. They can talk about it now, which is different than before. Uh, even though many of the investigators are out there really following TV show protocol and not science, it's been very interesting in that way. As far as the, the field of parapsychology, it's grown a little bit because we've gotten even more international with more folks in Brazil and a few other countries coming into the Parapsychological Association. Unfortunately, the funding has shrunk in the last 40 years, and that's uh-huh. been very difficult for the field. Who, who pulled out? There were a couple foundations uh, that were giving, putting out money at that point. In the early 80s, it was um, McDonald Foundation, Jim McDonald's organization. Mm-hmm. And then the Fetzer Foundation was giving funds out too, and that seems to have dried up. Right now, the Bial Foundation is the main uh, giver of grants, of, of bigger grants that are out there. Was this the Fetzer Foundation out of Michigan? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, he used to own some television stations and at one time owned the Detroit Tigers baseball team. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's a book about his life that um, covers his interest in, in psychic phenomena. Um, but uh, unfortunately, the foundation has gone into a different direction, which, is, which does happen to funders. John Fetzer, if I remember. Yeah, John right. Fetzer is right, yeah. Absolutely. What does parapsychology mean to you? Well, um, the term is about, about the study of psychic phenomena, which covers uh, extrasensory, or I, I like to call it non-sensory perception, because it really doesn't involve the senses at all. It's not a sixth sense. Uh, so it's ESP. We also look at how the mind, how consciousness directly affects the world around us. We call that psychokinesis, or mind over matter. And, of course, one area that I'm mostly interested in is survival of consciousness beyond the death of the body. So those are the areas that are covered. Uh, the field, to me, means it really is a field that studies things that happen with consciousness and things that make us more human or increase our human potential in many respects. 
Now, there's a lot of things people can do that we're told we're not supposed to do or we can't do. We're told quite often that it's impossible for an athlete to do X, Y, and Z and then, until somebody breaks that record. And then, then they have an example. Well, this is the same kind of thing. These are all abilities or um, perceptional processes that we have as human beings, but too much of mainstream science, partly because of the organized skeptics organizations, um, are afraid to even touch it, at least in the United States. Is science doing anything like this? In different approaches. Uh, you know, there is a movement in many fields of science to try to figure out what consciousness is. Some of those consciousness researchers working every, everywhere from you know, neuroscience to biology to philosophy to physics, some of those folks are looking at our, our research in our field. Uh, many of them, again, because it's academically in the United States, it's taboo to even look at anything to do with parapsychology. So it, 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 they're coming around, but it's taken a while. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. 
Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, there seems to be an explosion of paranormal research groups and programs like that. Has it grown? The number of investigative groups has definitely been growing, Um, again, because of the TV shows. There are some that are very serious, which is really great. And the support for organizations like the Society for Psychical Research, which is the oldest organization in the world that really takes a scientific approach, has been has been growing. It's still not phenomenal, but it's been growing. Uh, what we see is that we have a lot of people who claim to be doing research or scientific investigations, and when you really look at what they're doing, they are following methods they see on TV which are con- created by producers more than they are by people. Right, who and they need a dramatic ending to the program. Yeah, they yeah. need drama in the program in general. Um, you know, some of the first seasons of Ghost Hunters and Paranormal State was more about the investigators than it was about the actual process of investigation or, or anything like that. And the fact that they actually had it, were started doing things in the dark because they had nightshot camera is truly an invention of, te- of television more than anything else. And in most cases... Nothing happens for a long, long time, but right. they seem to condense it into that 30-minute or hour show well, and well, make you it know, happen. you kind of have to do that because we have certainly had to, to wait to do a stakeout to see if anything's going to happen. Sure. But most of the time, which, when you do an investigation from a more scientific approach, and not every investigation really is a scientific method investigation, sometimes applying the science we learn in parapsychology, there are things that we do with the witnesses, which who are often ignored in these shows, uh, focusing on them because they are the ones who are having the experience. So we're, in some respects, setting their experiences more than the phenomena. And in doing that, what I've certainly found and many of my colleagues have found is the phenomena does kind of follow by working with the people who are first reporting it. And in the ghost investigations, what are they looking for, Lord? What are the investigators really trying to find? Well, we, we versus them, <laughs> I'll tell you that. We're trying to, to, there's two things that's going on. We have, most of the folks in our field have an ethical, um, I guess you can say an edict. We follow what is requested of us. So the majority of people in a residence call for help or explanation, and that's what we're trying to do. The first thing we're trying to do is find for each event that is reported, we're trying to look for an explanation that is not paranormal, try to eliminate all of that so we have a core of what's real, what might really be psychic. And we're trying to see if what people are experiencing, what is coming up in these cases, matches the patterns or fits the patterns or adds to the evidence that we actually have from previous cases going back over 140 years. The TV Ghost Hunter following groups, the folks who follow those shows, are more about getting either an experience, which kind of makes them thrill-seekers, or they're going to try to get their so-called evidence. And it doesn't matter if you say that, you know, the devices don't detect ghosts. If somebody on TV says this device detects a ghost, that's what they accept. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah. I have a friend of mine who sold the house, but he used to own Forrest Ackerman's place. Oh, that's great. And Ackerman, of course, is the guy who termed the phrase sci-fi. 
but uh, the place was haunted, and they they've had uh, sessions there. They've had uh, seances. They've had all kinds of things with investigators, and then uh, then he sold it to uh, to an artist who loves it. Yeah, there was a documentary made. I think it's Paul Davies. Paul David. Yeah. Yeah, Paul David. Yeah, I've got his book also, an Atheist in Heaven, about um, what he believes is communication with from Forest Ackerman. Really so, interesting situation. Where does your work go next? Well, you know, I have been both an investigator and an educator for a very, very long time, and I, I like to think that I'm helping to produce the next generation of field of good field investigators. Uh, we have a couple of certificate programs we're doing at the Rhine Center. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm still, I may, may not be doing as many investigations. The pandemic kind of shut things down, although I did have a, ver- a case that we handled virtually, myself and a few of my colleagues, uh, during the initial stage of the pandemic. Uh, I'm, we're, we really don't get a lot of cases anymore. Most of the ghost hunting groups do much better job uh, with social media and advertising uh, even though their claims are kind of way out there, but because they are kind of making big claims, they get a lot of seeming cases. We end up getting sometimes the, sec- the second level where the people have had the local ghost hunting groups come in, and now they're freaked out because the ghost hunters freaked them out and didn't help them. Oh. And then we're coming in to, go, to do the opposite, to kind of ex- figure out what's going on and help them as much as possible. I'd like to see myself and my students do a lot more, my former students do a lot more investigations to, to pull them away from the big claiming, um, I guess, posers in many respects. Uh, I hate to use that term. But it's uh, true. Like see, yeah, but it is true, yeah. And I'd like to see more of them get interested. It's just really a shame that the vast majority of people who call themselves ghost hunters or paranormal investigators are more about either putting out content on the web uh, a lot of them used to say that they were making TV pilots, and I think some of them still are claiming that, although now they're going on to YouTube. You know, they want to be famous, like the TV ghost hunters. Sure. And that's not what we care about. Generally, when people go on a ghost hunt, what are they looking for? What do they want to find? Well, when people, the folks who are going out on ghost hunts typically are uh, going to public locations where they, again, are hoping to get to have an experience um, or get some so-called evidence, which could be uh, anything from an electronic voice phenomena type thing that they think they're getting to unusual uh, readings on various devices, some of which are actually legit scientific devices, although they're not always being used properly. And then they're also trying to get um, other communication through things like the so-called ghost box or spirit boxes and some of these other devices. They're trying to get pictures of orbs, and, and, and all of that is, I guess, say evidence under their belt, although it's not good evidence. Do you believe that the ghost world is part of the dead as opposed to something else? Well, we have two different kinds of categories of phenomena that we that sometimes get called ghosts. One are the ghost, true true spirits or ghosts, or what we use the term as apparition, which seems to be indications that people's consciousness can survive the death of the body. In some instances, they can they seem to stick around here. Besides moving on to wherever it is you go next, 
And there are some very good cases, certainly cases I've had are very, very good that don't have another explanation, um, at least as far as we've been able to figure out. And that indicates that consciousness does survive death. It's one of many types of evidence that we have for that phenomena that survival exists. Hauntings are the imprints. We leave impressions behind. We leave emotions behind. We, it seems like the environment seems, records our, our activity, our emotions, and that's the majority of the kinds of things that people report when they say their houses are haunted. That they're picking up something themselves. They, you know, everybody's a little psychic, so some people are picking up things that happened in their homes or people that were in their homes, including possibly even impressions of their own activity in the past. And that often gets mistaken as spirits, as ghosts. That's much more common. What about things like hell and those kinds of things? Do they exist? Well, um, heaven and hell are religious concepts, or depending on the um, part of the world or culture, might be a, a mythological concept, and there's variations of what those things are. We, in the field of parapsychology, we don't use those terms. Um, there doesn't seem to be really good evidence from the, the perspective of the people who seem to be communicating with spirits on the other side, whatever you want to call that other side, uh, it's not a hellish landscape. It's not that, in fact, I remember one medium telling me that she, when communicating with spirits, she was told that the hell that they run into is they are confronted with their kind of a life review and all the good and bad things that they did in their lives. And for some people, that might be hell if you remembered everything you ever did, especially the bad things you did. But there's not like a, a place that seems to come through. And we don't really have any good evidence um, in the cases that have come up, in the experiences people have had, unless you put a religious spin on them. And then it depends on the religion that we're talking about, because the same experience could be interpreted completely differently by people from, coming from different religious traditions. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.